nobody. You thought you got lucky on a Saturday getting NBA content on the weekend on this channel. Well, look at this. It's double the luck, right? You're doubling down right now. Maybe you should go buy a Mega Ball, Power Ball, whatever type of balls you want to be buying today. Just stay safe. Wear your protection out there if you're going to be getting into any of those streets. But you got Sunday content now. What's up? What's happening? We got a four-game slate on a Sunday. We're going to break it down like we usually do. We're going to tell you all you need to know about the injury and status dashboard of all these players because of their health or their injuries or their groins not feeling too well, whatever it might be, the consequences of that for their individual teammates, for their opponents. And then the early interest where today on a four-game slate, it's a small slate, but I still smacking you around. We're about to, right? We're about to smack you around with these 15 players that are early interest of mine. The projections, since it's a small slate, already done. I'll update them for any news that we have. Again, there's some earlier games today. There might be some showdown slates and stuff like that, but I'm focusing on the four-game main slate on DraftKings and SuperDraft today. Now, yesterday's SuperDraft, we touched on it on this show. If you were not here on Saturday, well, welcome back someday. If you're just finding me on the weekend, let me know in the comment section. There was about 10 people that just found me yesterday or at least commented that. Some new subscribers yesterday. So a round of applause for you for joining the community on the YouTube channel and the podcast streets. Less people make that weekend content. So, you know, we're going to be out there a little bit more in some people's eyes. I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing a live stream later today. I'm actually building up the office behind me on this green screen. Excited to share some of that stuff and some new content waves for all of you pretty shortly. But if we do go live, it'll probably be around that 4 p.m. East Coast time window for an hour or so. So hit the like, hit the subscribe and that notification bell, letting you know when we go live. So we've been talking about SuperDraft's contest structures in terms of them having bigger prize pools as of late for the NBA. Now, maybe it's partially because the NFL is done. Maybe it's partially because of their new partnership with Caesar Rewards. I'm not totally sure. I haven't really asked the question to them. I guess I could. But there was a $10,000 contest yesterday that only filled 83% only filled 83%, 3,800 people or so, only 3,000 people got in. Again, this is fantastic ways to be getting yourself a chance to win a lot of money when 20% or so, approximately 20% of the prize pool or 20% of the contest pool is not there. And then yet again today on a four-game slate at 7 p.m., they have the exact same contest, $10,000 to first, 3,800 people, and I'm assuming that at the very, very worst, 15% of the prize pool is not filled. These are insane numbers. You're lucky on DraftKings if the prize pool doesn't fill by 5%. You're like insanely lucky if there's 5%, the prize pool is not going to be filling there. That's how much upside, how much expected value, how much profit potential that you have. And now it's just like going to not fill at 10 to 15%, probably not fill at 20%. Hey, chances that it doesn't fill at 25%. That's insane. Your ability is to just have to beat so much less people. If you do that week in and week out, I mean, obviously the site's losing money. It's a promotional thing for them right now. But if you're doing that week in and day in and day out, you're going to turn a profit. Ah, oh, Sal, I played yesterday and I only min cash. Ah, oh, Sal, I played yesterday and I only, I, I didn't win any money. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about a one game sample size, right? If tonight some Scrub goes out and scores 45 DraftKings points. They're not going to project them at $10,000 in the next game, right? It's a one-game sample size. But when you have more data, when you have a week, when you have a month, when you have two, three months, right? The people in the Discord right now, they can attest to this in the comment section. It is a ton of upside getting into these contests. I, I cannot, contest selection is the thing that I preach the most. Outside of understanding what your bankroll is and emotional betting and not just blowing away your life savings. Outside of that, for betting and DFS purposes, contest selection is as big as it gets. And when there is a contest out there, a good one with five figures to first motherfucking place and a good payout structure, when that is out there right now and it's not filling at 15 to 25%, what are you doing? That is by far the best contest you should be playing tonight. Check it out on SuperDraft. It's linked to down below. And if you use the code SAL, you just click the link in the description or just go over there, superdraft.io. Click the link and use the code SAL. You'll get a free money bonus up to $500, depending on how much money you put in, in a slow drip format. Again, that code SAL, S-A-L, lets them know that you came from me. I know that they're a sponsor. I know that that's a plug and all that. But I'm telling you, if you play DFS and you are not over there, you are just giving money away. You playing on a slate in DraftKings, which is going to probably take more rake, which is going to fill a contest compared to one that is not going to take as much rake because there's 
not going to be as much people filled in it or maybe even have no rake at all likely crazy it's crazy if you're going to be choosing other sites and other contests over that it's just literally saying hey you know what i'm in a store and i see something that's five dollars and the exact same product right now is three dollars over here i'm going to pay five dollars just because i like paying full price right but it's that at scale with lots more money potentially on the line so we got that little ramble out the way caring for y'all bankrolls caring for y'all wallets a little bit so appreciate that let's get into this now and also also hopefully you're having a beautiful weekend hopefully your friday into your saturday was fantastic hopefully your saturday into your sunday is getting even better right now for you depending on where you are if you're on the northeast a lot of snow a lot of ice stay safe out there and if you're in hawaii right now shout out you i am envious and jealous of you if you're somewhere so tropical and beautiful like that during these times so let's go team by team in alphabetical order starting right now with the injury news that we have as of this recording which it's right now about 6 30 a.m east coast time again i'll be updating on patreon where all my projections live rankings for a bunch of other sports as well pga mma nfl until that season is officially over we'll have all that stuff on patreon so if you want to just check in oh this guy got ruled out oh harding got ruled out what's that doing to the brooklyn nets what's that doing to washington on the other side you can check on it down below on patreon patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore harding's gonna be questionable today with the thigh injury right if he's out well then yeah the big the biggest bumps of all are going to be going to kyrie irving and kevin durant that's pretty obvious there's going to be more rotational run for bruce brown and guys like tlc that we got to see in that previous game in terms of both of them kind of getting you there like they ended up both getting into the mid-20s or so and they were in some winning lineups as well now if you go over to indy doug mcdermott is questionable with a back injury injury today so Doug McDermott really didn't play that many minutes in the last game. They actually gave a ton of minutes to Justin Holiday in a game where a lot of guys were playing bigger minutes. Like, you know, you had Sabonis and Brogdon usually playing their 36 or 37, but you even had Justin Holiday playing like 37 minutes in that last game. So it really took away from the potential minutes upside of a Doug McDermott in that game. You can also factor in the fact that he's now questionable with a back injury. Did that kind of flame up in that last game? And that's the reason why Justin Holiday played more minutes. I would probably lean to say yes in that regard. D'Angelo Russell has been questionable with a quad for a couple games now. He played in their previous game. It was kind of a blowout, so he didn't play big minutes. Just played in the mid-20s. I haven't projected so far today for 32 minutes. I'm giving him basically good run or new normal run if indeed he plays. At $7,600, it keeps him in play, but it is a tough matchup against Cleveland, which is probably not something I would have thought I would say last year. Nasreed coming off of a missed game, questionable with this wrist. I haven't projected in for 26 minutes today, and he just kind of looks eh, right at 5,700. He just kind of looks like he's there. If you're going down a little bit more to Joel Embiid, questionable today with a back. He's been questionable, very similar to a guy like D'Angelo Russell, questionable for the past couple of games. And Embiid's been playing through it every single time. Now on a Sunday, sometimes you get these games where it's on the weekend, right? You have the the short flight right after that you're traveling out maybe you have an off day tomorrow and then you just don't see Joel Embiid play today I wouldn't be doubting that if that's the case Dwight Howard sees a bump up obviously Ben Simmons who's at a very cheap price point in the 7k range and Tobias Harris start to become very very appealing options but this could be a big game for the east right you don't want to really slouch over in, in a shortened season where there's a lot of back-to-backs on the line right now and then who knows if games ever get rescheduled depending on what's happening at the end of the year in a shortened season with 72 games these games do matter against a good team that's going to be a playoff team that potentially the 76ers have to face in Indy might as well try and get yourself some home court advantage by continuing to win if you're the Philadelphia 76ers he's questionable and then some final closing news before we get into the early interest in Toronto we did not see Norman Powell in the last game he's doubtful now and OG Ananobi is going to be already ruled out now in Toronto was very interesting in that last game you saw Terrence Davis start that game right but then Terrence Davis only ends up playing 19 minutes you see DeAndre Bemery actually close out the game by playing the final 12 minutes and overall in the game playing 17.7 minutes per popcorn machine you also saw Watanabe close out the game as well playing 24 minutes and I think he played the final 17 minutes in that game so it's interesting because you saw stanley johnson start the second half you saw terrence davis also start the second half but he plays to start the second half about five minutes and it never steps on the court again so terrence davis in the first half plays about 14 minutes you think oh we can project him for 28 he's gonna look decent for us no he only plays that starting five minutes of the second half and then that's it so it's a weird rotation i don't know if there was injury news going in there they really had nothing to do in terms of foul trouble for terrence davis nothing was happening there he just wasn't really playing that well he started the second half with a couple of missed shots he ended the first half with a couple of turnovers a personal foul a couple of missed shots as well the other thing 
thing to call out in this game was they were down like 10 to 15 going into the fourth quarter, the Toronto Raptors, and then they went on a couple of runs. They wanted an 8-0 run and a 6-0 run. So there's a chance that Terrence Davis was going to be checking back in in the fourth quarter for maybe like a, a five or six minute stint, gets him up to 25 minutes in the game, and that's respectable, right? That's something that we can project him for. But when you're coming back in this game, right, they ended up losing, but Toronto at one point basically tied the game. They only ended up losing by two points after being down double digits and a decent amount entering the fourth. When you're on this 8-0 run and this 6-0 run midway through to late in the fourth, you're probably going to keep those guys on the court. So I think Bemery and Watanabe just kind of stayed on the court, not because of their skill sets as much, but because they were just on the court when their team was making a run playing from behind. So I'm not going to be projecting Watanabe for 24 minutes, Bemery to close out these games and play 20 minutes and only giving uh, a Terrence Davis if he starts 18 minutes, right? No, I think it was kind of a an interesting circumstances to say the least. We have to see what the starting rotation is though, right? If it's not Terrence Davis in there, maybe now it's Stanley Johnson. Maybe it is DeAndre Bemery, right? We'll have to see. DeAndre Bemery for the Hawks for a while was getting a lot of minutes about two years ago. Now he's just kind of been a rotational player the last year and a half or so. So the biggest thing today, obviously there's some questionable tags on Harden and Russell and Embiid. Those are big pieces of news. But the biggest thing for Toronto today, we already have the guys that are out. It's seeing that starting lineup. If it's the same starting lineup as last time, I'm going to project Terrence Davis for more than 19 minutes. It was just a wonky way that the game ended in that past game. I'm not going to read too much into it outside of just they were on a run in the fourth quarter. And why would you take out the guys that are bringing you back in the fourth quarter? Normally coaches don't do that. And in this case, they did not. And then just to let you know on Washington side, Ish Smith is going to be returning today. So is Troy Brown. And so is their rookie Denny. So all those guys are back. I'm projecting them all for limited minutes. In the last game, all the guys that came back, Mo Wagner, Davis Bertans, Rui Hachimura, they were all project, they all basically played like 24, 25 minutes between Rui and Bertans. Mo Wagner played like 10, I think, as they had a three center rotation going on with Alex Len and Robin Lopez. So I'm projecting them all for kind of minutes limits. It makes Washington, unless we get news that nobody's on a minutes limit, it makes Washington kind of just like all look like meh, like a bunch of guys playing 20 to 25 minutes. NATO, Raho NATO is going to be out though today with a groin, such so as some more minutes, maybe to go back to guys like Jerome Robinson, maybe Garrison Matthews stays in the starting rotation, or not the starting rotation, but the rotation in general. But we'll have to see once those lineups come out. I think that those guys are probably going to get squeezed a little bit minutes-wise, and guys like Matthews probably out of the rotation now. And away we go to Cleveland, where we've been seeing now for back-to-back games, Darius Garland and playing some bigger minutes, right? We're going to go alphabetical order for the early interest. If you're here right now, you're still with me. I appreciate you. Hit the like, hit the big old subscribe button. I'm going to be referencing a couple of things, some data stuff, and also my projections and rankings and stuff like that throughout the early interest. You can find them all down below if you want to follow along on Patreon. So tonight, I have a bunch of guys. I have 15 guys that are kind of like some of my top plays early on right now. Again, depending on starting rotations and, of course, injuries, that stuff can change. So check the updates down below. Right now, I only have seven guys on this four-game slate who are yeses for me, meaning that they're going to be relatively priorities for me early on right now. So some of those guys we can go through to see exactly who they are. Again, you can check down below. But Darius Garland on Cleveland, we've seen now back-to-back games with nice minutes, 29 and 31 minutes. So I feel comfortable projecting Darius Garland, who in that last game played about 16 minutes in the first half on pace to play about 32. I feel comfortable projecting Darius Garland in a game that turned into a blowout for Cleveland, giving him 32 minutes in this game. And now Darius Garland started the season off very hot, and Darius Garland has been playing well since returning over these last two to three games. Now Darius Garland so far this year overall is averaging 0.9 fantasy points per minute, seeing a 23% usage rate. And the big thing as to why Darius Garland has been getting there when he gets there this season and at a fair price point of $5,600 is this his is his assist percentage at about 24%. We didn't even see that in the last game, right? We just saw the overall shooting nine of 17, four of six from three point land. We're not going to rely on that, but you're going to be getting more than one assist, right? You can bank on Darius Garland if he's playing his normal minutes. And honestly, normal minutes can mean he gets back up to that 34, 35 minutes range. If he gets up back up to 34, 35, he's going to start seeing seven or eight assists a game. But if he's playing in the low 30s, 30, 32, you're going to be getting him still four to six assists a game. So that's just how well of a player he is in terms of on ball when it 
comes to assist percentage. So Darius Garland at $5,600. Let's see where he ranks out overall for me today. He's going to rank out as a pretty quality play. Darius Garland is my number eight overall play today right now. He's not one of my yeses, so there's that, but he's going to be a pretty strong play. Cleveland has some nice options today as long as they get their minutes. As long as this game against Minnesota, for whatever reason, doesn't turn into a blowout, not projecting that. But as long as they get their minutes, you could feel pretty comfortable about these guys. Another guy would be Sexton, who's been getting his minutes in some of these games. Sexton at one point was playing 38 to 40 minutes a game before he ended up missing some time. But now lately in back-to-back games, you're getting 35 minutes out of Sexton. And he's coming off of a game where he shot 18 times, the most that we've seen out of Sexton in a very long time. But what happened in that game? Well, he didn't pick up any blocks or steals, so he didn't get much points there. He only had one rebound, just five assists in 35 minutes. That's going to change. If he plays 35 minutes and shoots 18 times, a lot of the time Sexton at $6,800, price point has only come up $200 since really starting to get these bigger minutes. That's going to change for you. For somebody this year who's been a very good fantasy point per minute producer, 1.06 fantasy points per minute. A 29% usage rate leads this team. I like Colin Sexton right now more than Darius Garland. I like Colin Sexton a pretty good amount as I'm projecting him right now for over 37 fantasy points today. And then we get over to Andre Drummond, who's honestly, my concern with Andre Drummond to start the season off was just the minutes that he was getting. Like he was having these big performances, but he was playing like 25, 26 minutes. And now lately, you're lucky if you get 28 minutes out of him, whether it's a blowout or that's just the rotations that he's playing. But there's been no Kevin Love out there. A lot of the times lately, there's been no Larry Nance out there. And the biggest thing with Andre Drummond is he just hunting rebounds, whether it's to try and go to that next contender to be traded to, whether it's somebody just taking on his contract at this point since he just got traded, whatever it might be, he's always going to be hunting rebounds. He has over a 40% defensive rebounding rate, over a 28% total rebounding rate so far this season. And Drummond's just been consistent in those minutes, picking up blocks, picking up steals, a very great great steals big man right he's maybe one of the best in the league in that regard he's averaging 1.5 fantasy points per minute so when the price point starts to come down to this point at $8,400 and kind of artificially coming down to this point if you will because in the last game he was $8,600 there's no reason based on that last game that his price point should come down $200 right so the algorithm is kind of taken to the count oh he only scored 32.75 points but what the algorithm doesn't know is the fact that he played 24 minutes because of a blowout they lost by 20 plus points to the New York Knicks and in that game Andre Drummond played his normal run in the first half right he's on pace to play another 28 minutes like he normally does and then he checks out with about five minutes left. So in that game, Andre Drummond was probably going to play 29 or 30 minutes if it did not turn into a blowout, if it was not a crazy blowout. So Drummond's price point goes down $200 because of no reason. And that's kind of been the case with Cleveland a lot this season. Drummond goes back up to 8,800 because the game stays competitive. He plays 30 minutes and he scores 55 points. And then the game doesn't stay competitive for two games and he drops down to 8,400. This is like a rock bottom price for Andre Drummond. Expect Drummond to be insanely, insanely popular today, but expect him to be a very good play. Drummond for me is one of my priority plays today at $8,400. We head over to Minnesota now. There's going to be no Culver for 10 to 14 days, such as some other guys like Jordan McLaughlin, who can get into the rotation, Jalen Noel, that can get into the rotation. The guy that I'm going to be looking at, because, you know, I'm not too sure right now on the quad injury on uh, D'Angelo Russell. He looks okay. He's in a player pool. But Malik Beasley, if I had to pick somebody from Minnesota, right, they're not the most appealing team right now. We have to see what happens with Nas Reed. Maybe that helps out some other guys on that team. Anthony Edwards usage a little bit if there's no Russell. Nas Reed being out will help out some other guys like Ed Davis pick up some more minutes. Maybe more minutes for guys like Vanderbilt. But Malik Beasley right now at $6,600 is somebody that I think is appealing, right? You're still getting him playing like some of the most minutes on this team. I have him projected for 33 minutes today. He's averaging over a fantasy point per minute so far this season, and that only gets better if there's no D'Angelo Russell with this quad injury. If D'Angelo Russell was to miss today, you're going to be getting Malik Beasley starting to average even more fantasy points at around a 1.1 fantasy point per minute rate at about a 28% usage rate. So Malik Beasley at 6,600, he just looks fine right now, right? 32, 33 minutes you get for him today. If he closes out in a close game, maybe 34, but it gets even better if there's no Russell. I probably only prioritize him if there's no Russell, but right now he's probably my favorite Minnesota Timberwolf on this four game slate. Now we get over 
over to Orlando that has a very similar uh, reaction, I would say, to their price points as what's happening in Cleveland. They just got blown all the way out, right, by the Los Angeles Clippers that got back in that last game, Kawhi Leonard, that got back in that last game, Paul George. Those guys only had to play like 28 minutes. They even have to close out like the final six or seven minutes of the game. Orlando loses by 26 in that game. Vooch doesn't even hit the 30-minute mark. But right now, I'll scroll up to this Orlando, guys. Right now, I think Orlando is, is fantastic value. Orlando kind of grades out similar for me, or at least the same concepts as Cleveland, except there's just way more of those guys to choose from, right? You're looking at guys like Evan Fournier, who in close games is probably going to get you 31 minutes at the least. I haven't projected for 31. His last couple of games, 26 against the Clippers in that blowout, 30, 32, 33 minutes, 36 minutes, 28 minutes, right? So the minutes have been more stable for Fournier. The price point is coming up though, so he's not a priority for me. But guys that I really do like are Aaron Gordon at $7,000 flat. Aaron Gordon, after been playing massive minutes in some of these games that are staying competitive, this game against Toronto today, missing some guys, I'm expecting it, projecting it to stay competitive. And games that stay competitive and actually get close, right? Not the game against the Clippers in the last game where they get blown out. Not the game against Sacramento where they lose by 14 and it really wasn't even that close, right? These games that are artificially dropping the price points. Aaron Gordon was just $7,600, right? Two games ago, before these blowouts. $7,600 playing 34, 37, 36, 36, right? Those are the minutes that he's been playing. And in those times, he's been priced at at least $500 more on average. So at $7,000, you're getting a buy low spot that if this game stays close, yeah, expect Aaron Gordon to play 34 minutes. I'm projecting Aaron Gordon today for 34 minutes and it's going to be looking pretty, pretty good. Gordon this year, shooting very well from three-point land, around 37%, averaging 1.08 fantasy points per minute, right? You're getting the improved Aaron Gordon. You're getting the rebounding rate to spike right now above 21%. So when the rebounding rate is clicking for Aaron Gordon, right? When he's starting to play the four a little bit more during the games, when he's even starting at the four more, you get that rebounding rate clicking. That's going to bump up the fantasy point per minute production, right? But now you're getting the minutes to click in close games. That's very appealing. In that 7K range, there's a couple of options today, and we're going to go through them. Some guys, and mainly like the entire Toronto team, that's going to be looking appealing in the 7K range. Some guys from Philly that we can talk about. But Gordon is going to be one of the guys that probably, based on the last couple of games, because of blowouts, hasn't gotten you there. I think he's going to be a very strong pivot option in GPPs at a lower ownership than some of these other options in that 7K range. And then one of the decisions today is do you want to play Vooch or do you want to play Drummond in those types of builds, right? Mid to upper 8K guys separated by $300. Drummond at $8,400, I assume, picks up more ownership, but they're in similar boats right now. Vooch coming off these back-to-back games that are blowouts. He only scores 40. And then in that last game, scores 18 and a half points. So I think some people might be running away from Vooch, but this guy's still averaging 1.4 fantasy points per minute right now. He's just $8,700. In competitive games, Vooch has been seeing so far this season. I mean, he's been playing for the most part this year, almost like an MVP candidate. He'll never see the flash for that because another guy with the exact same name that plays a similar position, just way more dynamic. And Nikola Jokic is probably going to be stealing that shine if you're talking about centers at all so far this season. And Embiid's got something to say about that too. But you're going to get 33 minutes, the upside of 35 or 36. We've been seeing Vooch's minutes really spike upwards. They're kind of playoff minutes that we've been seeing in competitive games for him. And maybe that's why he's been playing so well. But you're getting a nice buy low spot. Vooch was just $9,200 two games ago, right? And he was he was worth it. He was scoring you 57, 45 points. He was scoring you 48, 52, 48, right? So he was worth that 9K price tag. Now you get the buy low spot at $8,700. I can't see Vooch going much more lower, maybe 8,500 with one more blowout or bad game. But $8,700, I like Vooch. If I had to rank my priorities right now between Drummond and Vooch, it's literally separated by one. I have Drummond right now. Overall, today is my sixth overall play and Vooch is seven. So playing them both is not a terrible idea. But the reason why that becomes a little bit difficult to do as we scroll down now to the next team is because Joel Embiid is on this slate at $9,900. Joel Embiid being on this slate right now, he's my fifth overall play. So these guys are five, six, sevens in my rankings today, these three centers. So by the way that it looks at it, if you get any value today, and it looks like Toronto is going to be offering us some some sort of value depending on who starts there, but some sort of value, it looks like a two center slate paying up for two centers makes a lot of sense on this slate. You don't have Luka up top. You don't have anybody else up top right now. If Harden plays, it makes a lot of sense. If Harden is out, well then yeah, Kyrie, Kevin Durant start to look like a lot better options. But if all three of those Brooklyn guys are in today, okay, they cut away from each other enough. You don't have to pay all the way up. You don't have Giannis on the slate. You don't have LeBron or AD, right? So there's no real premier pay-up options outside of those Brooklyn guys. But again, they cut into each other. So paying up for two centers right now, assuming Harden does play today, is sort of my strategy. And paying up between and just kind of factoring in uh, Embiid, 
factoring in Drummond, factoring in Vooch is probably the optimal way to start at least your cash lineups, but I think also single entry lineups as of right now with the news that we have. Now, Embiid's a more expensive one, but that's just because his floor seems to be like 50 fantasy points at this point, right? He scored, okay, he scored 43 and a half, a terrible game. The worst game you're going to find, 43 and a half for Joel Embiid as of late in a game where he plays 38 minutes, right? He shot poorly, 8 of 18, 44%, the worst that he shot in a pretty long time. Only had six rebounds in that game against the Lakers where they ended up winning by one point, right? That's a very good game, but he's been playing massive minutes. In this past game, he only has to play 27 minutes before they win by, I think, 24 points against Minnesota, and he drops 37 and 11. He shoots overall 16 or 18 from the free throw line. I mean, the attempts that he's getting from the free throw line right now are just insane, and he's overall putting up a 60-point game. Like, Embiid right now, he's just so damn consistent. He's playing massive minutes in these games that stay close. The Minnesota game blows out. He's going to play 34 minutes an hour if it didn't blow out. In the games that are staying close right now, you're locking him in for 33, but the upside of 38 to 39 minutes like he played against Miami when they went 137 to 134 earlier this year. I think that game might have went to overtime, but 39 minutes, he played 35 minutes in regulation in that one. So it's pretty hard not to like Embiid today. If I look at the overall fantasy point projection for Embiid, he's going to be my highest projected player today. I have Embiid projected for about 52.7 fantasy points. Again, that is my highest projected player so far on the slate. If you're looking at your options, yeah, Embiid's my favorite payup option. I just said he's my highest projected guy, but as right now projecting in all the Brooklyn guys they cut into each other enough then you have Bradley Beal with all of his guys coming back from his team today maybe their minutes limit especially Russell Westbrook at 9k maybe he starts to play 30 32 minutes in a competitive game today and then after that you're quickly dropping a $9,300 Kyrie Irving just kind of looks meh like he's in play it's nothing special there a $9,100 Sabonis gonna probably play 36 or 37 sure that's fine that's in play but then you're in the 8k range so if we're looking at that payup option today Embiid is going to be my, my favorite one I think that Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons are definitely in play their price points are cheap enough Tobias Harris at $7,200 averaging one point eight fantasy points per minute so far this season he's in play i haven't projected for the most minutes on philly today i gave him bead and i gave simmons 33 i gave harris 34 minutes makes him to be a quality play a top 15 option for me today a guy who's averaging right now a 13 percent assist rate a 17 percent defensive rebounding rate shooting 61 percent true shooting percentage right and bead's gonna shoot 67 percent true shooting but he's shooting close to the basket tobias harris sure he's finishing a lot at the basket but he's playing very very well this season and now we can scroll to the team that might be the most difficult to break down today because look i've got some guys on here right i've got watanabe who i just said ah, he played 24 minutes in that last game and he basically stayed in the game played the final 17 minutes otherwise he probably would have played like 14 or 15 in the game played the final 17 minutes in that game because they were coming back. They went on an 8-0 run and a 6-0 run. But this is the thing to check out. I just want to put him on the early interest, not to say, oh, I love Watanabe today. No, I'm not projecting him for that great of a play. I have Watanabe for like 17 fantasy points today, which is not great. Now it's going to grade out as like 5.25x value for with the people. If if you don't play NBA DFS a lot, anything above 5x people usually like to look at. And I think it's kind of a, a shitty thing to look at in my opinion personally. I don't think you should be judging all of your lineups just strictly based off of that. You should be judging them off of maybe a 4x plus 10 or 4x plus 12 is a better way to do it, just so you can get the ceiling type performances in which you really need to win a GPP. If you're looking at cash, sure, you can go for 5X, but again, not something that's great to look at. But Watanabe is going to be somebody that at 3,300, there's a chance he could start today. There's a chance Stanley Johnson can start today. Like whoever starts for Toronto today, I'm going to be liking. I'm not going to be projecting him to only play a half a game or just 19 minutes like Terrence Davis got in the last game. Assuming that Terrence Davis starts again at $3,500, I'm not interested on the, the super draft, right? 2X multiplier presenting sponsor of the show, but at 3,500, I'm going to project him for more than 19 minutes. I'm going to project him to play a little bit better than he did in that last game. And I'm not going to assume that they just get on a hot run with some of the backup scrubs in the game, right? I'm going to project Terrence Davis for at least 22, at least 24 minutes or somewhere around there in this game. But if you get news that Stanley Johnson is starting, if you get news that Watanabe or or DeAndre Bembry is starting, well then just know that those guys are going to be looking better if Terrence Davis is coming off the bench, but he can still look fine. These guys are all cheap. Toronto some way or another is going to be giving us value today, whether it's Stanley Johnson, whether it's Terrence Davis, whether it's one of these other guys. So whoever's in the starting lineup starts to become appealing for me. I'll update projections based on that, but you can see I put Watanabe on here just to kind of discuss. You're going to see, oh, he scored 27 points in that last game, 27 fantasy points. 
sequence in 24 minutes. That's pretty good. Just settle your expectations. If he's not going to start today, which I'm not expecting him to, he's not going to start today. You're probably only going to see more times than not 16 to 18 minutes, like at most, at most, because you're not going to be projecting this guy to be closing out games, right? And then we get to $5,600 Chris Bouchard, who's still averaging like close to 1.3 fantasy points per minute. The problem is you're just not seeing the minutes. In that last game, and I think it was a little bit matchup based, but we've been getting Aaron Baines starting. But in that last game, you saw Aaron Baines play about 23 and a half minutes. And then he didn't close out the game. They brought in that small starting rotation or their main three starter guys. And then they had Bamri and Watanabe close out the game because those guys were just hot staying on the court. So Baines, like, okay, let's say he plays 22 minutes again. Why can we not get Chris Bouchard to play 20 plus minutes? And back-to-back games, now he hasn't. It's been partially the blowout. I think it's been partially the matchup. In the first half, Chris Bouchard of this past game only did play about 11 minutes though. Okay, but if he played 11 minutes, you would expect him to play about 22 at the end of the game, right? Well, no, he didn't even hit 14 minutes in that game. In the second half of this past game, Chris Bouchard only played three minutes. He got a personal foul and a rebound, and then he checked out in the third quarter. So that's something to just keep in mind here. I don't think that it's kind of, okay, 15 minutes is all you're going to get out of Bouchard now. No, I think that I can comfortably project Chris Bouchard for probably 20 minutes. I think you can project him for 22 and feel decent. Again, he played 11 first half minutes. I think it was just kind of the way that the game was going. At the point that he checked out when they were down pretty big, when he had that rebound, when he got that personal foul, at that time, Toronto was down by 18 points. So they're probably saying, okay, the guy that we like together, we're trying to build up right now. We're down 18. Let's take him out. We'll see if anything happens. And then something did happen, but they kept in those starters or those guys that were actually extending the run. So Chris Bouchard now in back-to-back games, sketchy minutes, but I'm not projecting Chris Bouchard to just play 15 minutes. I'm projecting Chris Bouchard, I believe, today for about 22 minutes. It makes him, because the price point is dropping because of this, it makes him look like a pretty appealing option. Now, it's nowhere near secure. It's 22 minutes of play, right? He's a high fantasy point per minute producer. So that's why he's going to be grading out pretty nicely for a slate that honestly, like this slate is loaded with like 7K and above range guys, right? Maybe get some value from Toronto, but there's not that many five or 6K options on the slate like there normally is on bigger slates. So Chris Bouchard for me today, it's not going to be anything spectacular on a four game slate right now. He's not a yes for me, but he's my 12th overall play. And you can see that we close out the slate with Toronto's big three. If I had to rank Toronto's big three right now for you, it would be Kyle Lowry, it would be Pascal Siakam, and it would be Fred Van Vliet in that order. Kyle Lowry is my number one overall play. There you go. If you stayed all the way through this video so far, round of applause to all the people out there. He is my number one overall play. And he's also the cheapest at just $7,200. I have Kyle Lowry projected right now, right now for 41 DraftKings points. That is my 5.69x value, my number one overall play. Siakam will be second, Fred Van Vliet third. These guys are just playing their big minutes, right? Kyle Lowry, Siakam, 37 minutes in that last game. Fred Van Vliet, 36, 36 and a half, whatever it is. I'm projecting them all right now for at least 36 minutes in this game. And they're all projecting out for very similar fantasy points. The only difference at that point becomes the price points. And Lowry is significantly cheaper than Fred Van Vliet, $500, right? At least worth noting on the same team playing very similar positions for the most part. So they're all right around like a 1.05 to a 1.08 fantasy point per minute producer so far this year. So Lowry's the guy for me. I like him the most out of all those guys. Siakam firmly in play, Fred Van Vliet firmly in play as well, though. So the key to this slate is obviously checking the injury news, but let's just assume nothing changes injury news wise. I think the key to this slate is Toronto. There's a lot of value. There's a lot of fantastic options, which none of them are insanely expensive. Most expensive guy, Fred Van Vliet at $7,700. I think Toronto, getting them right today, their value, getting their studs right today is going to be, personally, in my opinion, the key to this slate. Now, since you stayed all the way through, let's give you some of my top plays on Superdraft if you want to see the whole projections link down below. But again, the presenting sponsor of this show, my name's Sal. Go in and get take advantage of these fantastic contests. I cannot say that enough. But my name's Sal will get you that free money bonus up to $500 Ruskies in a slow drip format. My top play on Superdraft so far today, drum roll please, right now, round of applause for everybody who stayed all the way through, is going to be Mr. Colin. Not the whole sex land here, not him and Garland, not sex land, but Mr. Colin Sexton, the individual, Mr. Colin Sexton. 1.6x, yes, a 1.6x multiplier for somebody who I think has the ability to play 33 plus minutes. He's played 35 in back-to-back games. I have him projected right now for 
over 60 super draft points. He's my only player over 60 super draft points today. Colin Sexton looks like a very strong play right now for super draft. Again, my name's Sal. Let's him know you came for me and get you that lovely bonus in a slow drip format. Thank you so much for tuning in to this video for game slate. So thank you. I'm going to be finishing the studio today. Maybe we'll vlog some of that, but thank you. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. Maybe I'll be seeing you at 4 p.m. East coast time for a live stream. If I'm feeling up for it. I've been feeling ill these last couple of days. I don't know what's going on with my body. I don't got the vid though. I got some tests, so we got to see what's going on there, but thank you for tuning in. Like subscribe, noti, noti bell. Yeah. Yeah. Notification bell before you go as well on the YouTube channel on the podcast version. We got like 30 seconds after this. If you want to just leave a five-star review on the Apple or the Stitcher store, Apple podcast store, and an Apple device, Stitcher on Android. It really, really, really helps a lot. We have a 600 reviews now. Maybe we can get that number closer to 700 or closer to a thousand as we're usually like around a top 30 fantasy podcast. So I appreciate it. If you got like 30 seconds, you want to pay it back that way. If you want to pay it back in other ways, Patreon's linked down below as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. You all rock. I'll see you on the next one. Monday, Monday, Monday. Tomorrow is going to be starting Super Bowl content. We're back on the golf streets. We're going to be back this week in MMA, but that returning as well. And then of course, NBA. So a lot going on as it's going to be Super Bowl week, as you can imagine in the content world. I'm gearing up for it. I'm excited for it. Let's get it. Best of luck. Stay safe out there. And I'll see y'all in the next one.